Hey everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a podcast about reclaiming the place of priority relationship is providentially intended to hold in your life. You know, we live in a world where community is far too often pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things, but the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As believers, we have the choice to prioritize connection in our life every day and to live face-to-face with God and people. In this show, I'll be number one, sharing research which supports the importance of relationship, number two, giving you tools to help you improve your interpersonal connections, and number three, sharing writings that I have done in the past on the importance of community. It is my sincere hope that the content presented in this podcast equips you to better serve and love others. To access my past and future articles, subscribe to my YouTube channel, or purchase a copy of my books, visit homeschoolerponderings.blogspot.com. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the Restoring Report podcast today. We're super excited to have you here. Um, I've got a really special episode for you guys today. Um, I'm going to be interviewing Seth Studley. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's the co-founder of Anatomy of Marriage. He's been a a therapist for 15 years. He does coaching for couples and he does counseling for couples. He's done apps for couples. He's done lots of good stuff. He has lots of good materials out there. Him and his wife, Melanie, do a lot of work. I believe you're based in Seattle, Washington, right in that area somewhere? Yeah, just outside of Seattle, a little south of Seattle, about 40 minutes or so out. Uh, so it's, it's like enough in the country, but if we want to go to Seattle and hang out and do cool stuff, we, we can get there pretty easily too. So yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. Um, and I first found out about Anatomy of Marriage probably, oh gosh, I think it was 2017. And uh, I, I listened to their episode seven uh, Don't Turn the Lights On miniseries on, on healthy sexuality. And I was so impressed because particularly from the Christian perspective, I see very few people who have a healthy worldview when it comes to that. And your, your, your message in that was so good. Um, and I started following you guys after that. You've talked about communication, conflict resolution, um, family of origin, all this really good stuff that we'll get into in a little bit. But first, can you just share a little bit about yourself and um, your certifications, what you actually do with couples, and how, how you came to enter the world of marriage and family therapy? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, man. Thanks for Oh, absolutely. It's an honor. Excited. Yeah, awesome to hang out and, you know, just chill with you. And so uh, my name's Seth. I'm originally from South Carolina and uh, moved out to Seattle um, with my friends. We were in a band. I don't know if you may have heard of it. The band was called Emory. Okay. And we moved out to Seattle, uh, got a record deal, toured for a while. And then I was dating Melanie, right? My now wife. And mm-hmm. touring just wasn't working out, trying to have a relationship stuff. So I quit road life and then said, okay, I'm going to go to graduate school. And then went to Seattle Pacific University, got my degree in uh, marriage and family therapy. And um, yeah, and things just kicked off from there. We live, live outside of Seattle. We've been married. It'll be 17 years in about two months. We got wow. three kids and we just made the switch to doing anatomy of marriage and high performance marriage coaching full time just about two months ago. So wow. we're super busy every minute of it. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. That's amazing. That, that's such a powerful story. I, I feel like a lot of people uh, would, could just benefit from hearing that. So I wanted to just ask about that really quick. On a personal note, would you recommend, did you say Pacific, what university? What was the Seattle, Seattle okay. Pacific. Seattle Pacific. Would you recommend their program for marriage and family therapy? Because I I don't know if you know this, but I told you just a second ago, but for our listeners, I cannot wait to finish my degree in early childhood education and move on to that because I really want to get involved in the marriage and family therapy world. So just on a personal note, just answering me, would you recommend that program? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I learned so much. They have a two, three, and four-year track. I did the okay. three-year track because I was working full-time. Right. And yeah, you just learn so much about, obviously, more therapy stuff, family yep. origin, family system stuff, and then yeah. a lot about yourself and how you're going to practice in a world. So it was it was pretty amazing. One of my big takeaways from there is we followed this thing called the Orca stance, mm-hmm. and that's approaching everything, people, everything that we do through openness, respect, curiosity, and then accountability within the field. And I've used that just over and over and over again. I've probably even talked about it on the podcast at one point, but it's Orca, openness, respect, account, um, openness, respect, curiosity, and accountability. Wow. I love that. I love that. Those four things I feel like would fix so many problems if people yeah. would, I'm sure they're harder to do that. Like you can just hear those things and say, okay, that sounds easy, but implementing it would be harder. But yeah, I love those. Those are great. Um, how long have you got, you said you guys have been married 17 years? It'll be Going 17 to... years in about two months. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's great. Um, can you give us just a, a brief overview of your story since marriage after you did the, the, the band tour and everything? Yeah. So I was part of our story and why we created the whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Everything right. that we have now. Part of our story was, so I was in grad school, you know, licensed marriage and family therapist and all this stuff. But behind the scenes, me and Melody, we weren't doing too good. We had just had our second kid and I had lied to her and like, hey, I need to, you know, put this out there, bring it to the forefront. Right. And I was like, you know, I've been looking at porn. Right. And that's a big deal with well, with men and women, first of all. Yeah. It wasn't something like an addiction or anything like that. But right. the crazy thing was she had asked me earlier and I just lied to her because mm. I was embarrassed. I felt shame. I was like, OK, I don't want to put this burden on you. So I was like, no, it's cool. You know, then I like was convicted. Then a couple weeks after I was like, hey gotta you know come clean i lied to about that and the timing wasn't so good because she was literally holding our two week old our second kid who was two weeks old right so she had Mm. postpartum other mental health stuff like just anxiety and it's what we call it in the therapy world like acute anxiety like due to real stressors that are going on right now she was postpartum we just had a second kid i was working all the time so there's a lot of stress going on and she basically couldn't handle it and didn't have the support system in place to like bounce it off of her friends or a therapist or anything like that and just put it all on me. Right. So mm. she ended up giving me a black eye, which is not cool. Right. right. And, and we can really process it now. And this may sound weird, but I'm actually really thankful that all that stuff happened. You know, I'm thankful that we went through that trial because we came out on the other side and we do high performance marriage coaching. We walk with other couples through exact things. In fact, I was talking to a client uh, or a potential client this morning, and he's like, "Yeah, this and this." And I was like, "Bro, this sounds exactly like what Melanie and I went through. Let me help you. Let me walk beside you and get mm-hmm. through this to make it a much easier thing for you and your partner than it was for me and Melanie." Right? That's so, so great. That's- we, we got through that with some really disciplined practices, which we can talk about. I set prayer alarms. We did mm-hmm. that thing called, we call it pigs now. Um, and we can talk about that later, of course. And we were committed to making this work. And that was really hard work, man. Yeah. And then like fast forward, we have three kids now. We got the podcast. We have three different podcasts, Anatomy of Marriage, Anatomy of Sex, and Anatomy of Family. And then the coaching biz we just made a big announcement today. I don't know when this is going to air, but we're doing a Seattle um, Anatomy of Marriage conference in Seattle, August 6th. Oh, wow. Super exciting. And we can, you know, link it in the show notes and stuff like that. 
but that is Absolutely. some of the, um, some of the, 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 well, it's part of our story, right? And really what really kept us together in that was prayer, was that shared vision of, okay, we don't want to get divorced. We have kids. We're committed to working on this. Mm-hmm. And then a whole lot of realness with ourselves and a lot of growth mindset, a lot of grit, a lot of accountability, and just a lot of hard work. And when I say hard work, I'm like, the same thing over and over and over for two years straight, prayer alarms, books, podcasts, just flowering mm-hmm. anything we could so we could elevate ourselves to show up for ourselves first. Then we could show up for the marriage in an appropriate way because before, and I'll, I'll tell you the truth, Seth, before all this stuff, it just wasn't the line uh, that was a problem. It was me and Melanie mm-hmm. looking around saying, oh, wait a minute. I'm not happy. It must be your fault. Right. Yeah. So, you know, in the podcast, we talk about differentiation and codependence and all kinds of Mm -hmm. stuff. We were really unhappy who who we who we were inside and then just blaming, blaming the other back Mm. and forth and back and forth. And it was just this ridiculous cycle that we couldn't have gotten out of if it weren't for outside help. Wow, that's great. A lot of what you said there actually reminded me of another counselor that I follow named Danny Silk. He talks a lot about people shifting accountability away from themselves there um, and how dangerous that is, because when you're constantly finding bad guys, you're never actually fixing the problem that you're broadcasting out to the world. So that's super great. Um, Something that you guys talk a lot about on your show, um, you mentioned the pigs thing earlier, but uh, is the fourfold morning routine that you suggest for couples you do uh, prayer, past gratitude, future hope, and a goal. At least that was at, at one point in time in the show, that was what you did. Um, could yeah. you explain that approach and why you chose these four activities? Yeah. Couples? So, so now that's morphed in, we tweaked it a little bit. Okay. And now that's, that's the pigs. Okay. So pig stands for prayer, okay. attention, gratitude, goals, and service. And so wow. I'll, I'll break those down for you. And not all of our listeners have a practice of prayer, you know, so we're like, okay, that's fine. Right. You, you do, you kind of thing for us, it's prayer, prayer to God. So, um, and that was one of the main things that really got us out of our funk uh, when we were going through all the hard stuff. I set prayer alarms. So, you know, we would pray like five or more times daily, no matter what I would call Melanie or be with her in person and just pray because I had nothing else. And I say nothing else. I really mean nothing else Mm -hmm. except prayers. Like, okay, God, I don't know what to do. I'm going to pray, right? So prayer, that means pray with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a praying person, then okay, meditate, have a moment of silence. Um, Just be, be, uh, be mindful of your day, what, and how you're going to show up. Right. Right. And then intentions. So for, for couples who do pigs in the morning, you share what your intentions are to, for the relationship. So it would look like this, you know, Melanie, okay, we pray, we do our prayer and then, Hey, Melanie, my intention, Melanie's my wife, by the way, for your listeners, uh, <laughs> my intention is to show up as the husband I know that I can be and show up mm. as the dad I know I can be to help out our family in any way. So I intend to uh, be calm today, right? If I struggle with impatience or anger, okay, I intend to show up calmly today. So if I'm triggered, I'm going to go take a breath and then come back. And so we're, we're being intentional, right? People always talk about intentional, intentional, this intentional, that. So this is one way how we're going to be intentional in showing up in our marriage. Yep. So, and then G right. The P I G uh, that can be 
uh, either goals or gratitude, but we'll go with goals, right? Mm -hmm. So my goal today is a very tangible thing that at the end of the day, you can look back and go, oh, this thing got done, right? So Melanie, my goal today is to, um, you know, based on my intention to show up as a good husband, a good dad, a good uh, um, uh, person. So my goal is today to do that thing that you asked me to do, you know, this morning or whatever that was, uh, pay the bills, you know, pick up the dog from the groomer or who knows, right? That's my goal to push the fan, you know, do bills or mm -hmm. cut the grass, whatever it is, something that will be good for the family overall, right? Yeah. And then gratitude. That one's kind of self-explanatory, but this is all focused on your partner. So, hey, Melanie, I'm thankful or I have gratitude that you show up the way that you do day in, day out, right? You love our kids. You love me. You work hard. And yeah. I just want to let you know that I'm thankful for that, right? That's great. Because what, uh, when, we, when we share gratitude or we, when we identify gratitude, it puts the focus off of us. It puts the focus on other people and goes, oh, wait a minute. It, it's like that saying, you know, count your blessings, right? So I'm, I'm blessed to have Melanie as a wife, right? Yeah. So I want to tell her that I'm thinking about her and I'm thankful for it. In that right. Way. That's so, so that's great. GG. And then the S, which we recently uh, added, is service. And I like this one a lot. So I can serve my wife in a whole host of ways, but I like to get really specific in this. So I would say, hey, Melanie, what can I do today? that will make you feel loved or appreciated or listened to or understood. And whatever she says, then it's my obligation to do that. Of course, it's wow. not like, well, you know, buy two tickets to Fiji, buy, you know, five tickets right. tonight or whatever. Right. But, you know, usually it comes in the form of uh, acts of service, like doing something like, mm -hmm. yeah, can you give me the dishwasher yeah. or can you make sure you do cut the grass or pick up the kids from soccer or whatnot. Or it could be, you know what? I would feel loved today if you intentionally make time for us to sit on the couch and watch mm. a show together. Snuggle. I'm like, wow. all right, I will do that. So yeah. and that's a daily practice. So as we do that over and over and over, we begin to build these patterns and routines that increase connection, increase intimacy and increase trust. So not only is it a good practice, it's a restorative practice that can build trust. A lot of coaching clients come to us with just trust that's you know blown out of the water because mm -hmm. you know people were lying or hiding things like that so trust takes a long time to build and an instant to be broken right so with the wow. clients I work with i'm like okay broken trust we've identified that this is what i want you to do day in day out no matter what keep on showing up to rebuild that trust that's great um a lot of what you said there um i've heard another another famous author say something similar at, you've actually been on his show before that's how i found you jefferson Bethke. he puts your um oh yeah. yeah yeah he puts your episodes on there and he um the show is from a, this show is from a christian perspective so the prayer that you talked about will make sense for a lot of our listeners um but he taught he does that same thing where he wakes up in the morning and one of the first things he does is how can i serve you today and that communicates that value i love that that communicates i'm thinking about you how can i help you we're in this together um yeah. Uh, Danny Silk, the one I was talking about earlier, would probably say decreasing anxiety, increasing intimacy, just like you mentioned there at the end, um, through the love language, which sounded like acts of service for Melanie there um, often. But yeah, that's so great. That, that's cool that you mentioned uh, Jeff. Uh, he's a super cool dude, Jeff and Alyssa. And oh, yeah. a story a couple of years ago, when we were first starting the podcast, we were mm -hmm. doing some stuff with them and we flew, we actually flew out to Hawaii oh, wow. to with them and like, 
went to their house and hung out. And it was, it was really funny because we were like, okay, Jeff, what's up? You know, texting back and forth. Okay, man. So we're here and uh, ready to, ready to go. Cause we thought, okay, you know, we, we, they, they flew us out there. Let's, mm-hmm. we're going to work, you know, like eight or yeah. 10 hour day. <laughs> uh, to our surprise, which is really cool because we got to do some cool stuff when we were there. Jeff was like, Hey man. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Come over at like 7 PM. We'll hang out until like 10 or something. We were like, wait a minute. What? And it was like, <laughs> and all this stuff. So we got to go snorkeling and oh uh, wow. You know, stuff so it, it was pretty cool they're they're awesome folks that's great yeah um i follow him on instagram still along with you guys and one of the things he's doing now is opening up an airbnb so he sounds like he wants to do that with more people he's just trying to get them to come and he wants to cook them breakfast i've heard him talk a lot about that but yeah he's a great he's a great special guy he's got a great way with words very charismatic knows how to um inspire people um in a lot of ways similar to you um especially men, inspiring them to be good husbands. Because, you know, a lot of what we talk about on the show is marriage becoming less popular. And, um, you know, marriage from the statistics I've seen, I don't know about you, you would obviously be the authority here, but they suggest for me that, you know, (laughs) men are less dependent on, you know, substance abuse, alcohol, they have healthier physical bodies when they're married. Um, They, it's almost like they're kind of inclined designed to be in marriage. And when we, when we remove that bond, there's all these, these different things that happen negatively that affects us. And then, you know, today we've got men getting married at the average age of 29 and it used to be 23, you know, in 1960. And then women was 20, I think, and then 27 and just all those years that might be harder than it needs to be for men. Um, and I, I love the way that you guys provide a healthy example of what it's like to be in a good relationship in a marriage. Because I think often kids today don't have that. They see, you know, an absent dad or, you know, a mom who's was left even, you know, before the marriage, you know, before like either cohabiting or where the dad just took off or just anything. Um, and they haven't had that healthy male role model. So just what you guys are doing, just thank you on a personal level. My dad's very involved, but just for all the kids who don't just thank you for being that. Um, I know a lot of you might think of yourself as a work as a working with couples, but I know you're just a great example for younger people too. So, Hi guys, I just wanted to take a quick break and tell you about a few opportunities that you have as listeners to support this show. Number one, you can rate and review this podcast. Every rating and review I get helps promote my podcast on distribution sites. If you haven't already done so, it takes 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating and a written review. Number two, you can become a financial supporter of this podcast with a monthly contribution. Just scroll to the bottom of the show notes found in the description of each week's episode and click on the link labeled support this podcast. Many, many thanks to all my past and future supporters, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's the, I'm glad that you brought that up because the statistics around that, and I'll go back a little bit. Uh, of course, you know, being in the research field like marriage and family therapy, mm-hmm. and stuff, there are, there is a lot of data. And when I say a lot, I mean, sound, solid data that yeah. uh, married sex is way better than unmarried sex right. as far as like um, connection and pleasure and like satisfaction levels and mm-hmm. not satisfaction levels like physical, but emotional mm. um, satisfaction yeah. levels. Like there's trust. There's a yeah. real relationship here. I can count on my wife or count on my husband to do this for me, to know me, yeah. um, which, which is so, so important. And yeah, uh, marriage is uh, associated with um, better sex, yeah. right? Um, longer life for yeah. men, yep. um, 
uh, increased uh, earning ability. Yeah. Like all, all kinds of stuff yep. that you wouldn't even, that you wouldn't even think about. Yeah. And that you know, much to that this may seem like a, um, a misnomer, but married folks do have more sex than non-married folks. Wow. Like on average, it's like. Yeah. Okay. Like not only is, is it a, a better sex, but it's more sex. And I know we're not, you know, just on a, on a sex soapbox or anything like that. Right. But the, the data does suggest Indicate. that. I do, I do believe that we were designed, just, this is funny. Um, just like, what is it? I think it might be a Canada goose or something like that. They have one partner for their whole for life. Their whole life. Okay. Yeah. There's a couple other animals like in the, in the natural world that, yeah, this animal is monogamous and they, they pair bond, they, they um, mate for life. They yeah. don't have any partners. And I think that humans, I mean, you know, kind of we're, we're literally just mammals as well. Yeah. Um, we are designed that way too. And I, I just wow. think I, I find that, that pretty interesting. Um, Absolutely. But going back to the, the, the example, yeah, I, um, I've worked um, in um, minority mental health for a long time. And uh, I'm, I'm native. My wife, Melanie, is also native. And so we worked in Indian country for a long time. And there is a high rate of uh, fatherless homes and a lot of substance abuse and all kinds of stuff yeah. due to like past trauma. So there's actual, there's legit reasons for it. Yeah. And I always found it really uh, just fascinating and such good work because I would do boys groups, like outdoor experiential boys groups. We go to rivers, we go hunting, fishing, all kinds of stuff. And I was literally maybe at one point the only sober male in some of these kids lives wow. right and you know i'd pick them up from school we'd go do uh group activities all based in the mental health context and stuff life skills all kinds of stuff and oftentimes i was like the one dude that wouldn't like you know demean them or show up drunk or, wow. or cuss around and all kinds of stuff um and that that really I got to see a, a, a picture of that and how how important on the show. Oftentimes we talk about in parenting and with friends and peer groups more is caught than taught. Right. You're my kids are going to see what I do and probably do what I do more so than if I'm always just talking about it. Right. And, you know, um, we are the sum of the five people we hang out with the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to make sure that I'm hanging out with top know, notch top-notch dudes, top-notch women, you know, yeah. like leaders, you know, very growth mindset folks. Um, and I want to be that for my kids and then the other uh, kids that I work with too. Well, I don't work with kids so much anymore, but in the past yeah. I did. Right. I love that you, that you pointed all of that out, especially about the, the, the benefits of marriage for sexuality. Um, a lot of people today, at least a lot of the guys that I know my age are seeming to give, you know, say, well, I can just kind of piggyback ride on porn or masturbation for the rest of my life and marriage has no benefit for me. But in reality, they're saying, you know, you can do that, but you're not going to reap the benefits that you're designed to reap from marriage, from a committed relationship, from a, uh, a mating for life, basically, is what you said. And um, yeah, I think that's just such an important message for guys to hear today, especially for you um, having counseled couples who I'm sure come from you know, relationships where connection has been severed because of pornography addiction, because yeah. of um, these things that can get in the way. So I just really love that you pointed that out. And um, let me and, add something. Yeah, to, sure. Real quick, um, uh, what, you know, what were you saying? You said, yeah, guys my age are saying, well, you know, um, uh, porn and masturbation is fine. I can get through. That is exactly like me saying, hey, Seth, well, McDonald's is food, right? So I'm good. 
Yep. I'll just like that movie supersize me and I'll just eat McDonald's for the rest of my life. What's the big deal? Yep. Right. What? what we're leaving on the table is like all kinds of different cultural foods or like, you know, buffets or five course meals or desserts and all this stuff, which actually has, well, first of all, it's, it's, um, uh, uh life giving in a way that McDonald's yeah. is Isn't. not right? all right. the process is just crap. Right. That's just yeah. trash. Anyway. And, uh, it's like saying, well, yeah, I can just do this, but you're leaving so much more on the table. Like how, how healthy are you going to be? If you just see McDonald's all the time, all wow. the time, what is your energy levels going to be? Right. I'd rather have like organic spinach and mm-hmm. steak or deer and elk and eggs and salmon and all this stuff, because that's going to like, that's my body is going to synthesize that in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. So literally. I was like, what? That's the first analogy that came to my mind. It's like, Oh yeah. You're leaving so much on the table, man. Uh, if you're willing to, to do the work and go out there and like, uh, get married, fix mm-hmm. yourself and enter into a relationship with yeah. your wife or your husband so much more there yeah i love that i love that that's such a good analogy too i've actually heard you guys in the past talk about this and um you just give such a good perspective i feel like a lot of um people don't have that and yeah they, they that's just a much needed much needed perspective for people um i've heard you guys talk a lot about the importance of this is kind of a, a little bit of a tangent but i wanted to get this in somewhere in the interview um, the importance of understanding family of origin and um, in order to pre- prevent relational dysfunction. Could you basically just break down what that means for the non-therapist people and just explain what it practically looks like? Yeah. So family of origin, we refer to it as Boo, right? Not Boo mm-hmm. Fighters, which is one of my favorite bands, but Boo, <laughs> family of origin. Okay. And family of origin can be described as, okay, we all have, you know, a dad and mom, they had a dad and mom and they had a dad and mom, right? Mm-hmm. And uncles, brothers, sisters, all this stuff. You just don't come from yourself, right? You have right. people on both sides, right? And that Dr. Les uh, and Leslie Parrott talk about family of origin is the university of relationships. That's how we learn to interact. That's how we learn to interact with our brothers or sisters. You know, there's so much social, so much socialization there. And of course, more is caught than taught. So if I'm learning all about that from my mom or dad and they're not in a good way, then guess what I am 99% going to perpetuate. I'm going to communicate like this, yell at my wife, blow up. And then one hour later be, Hey, what's going on? How you doing today? Wow. Right? Blow up. Or I learned from my mom or maybe Melanie learned from her mom. Okay. When stuff gets hard, you just shut down. Right. So she's going to do that. And so often Married couples bring exactly what they learn from their family of origin straight into their relationships and then go, hey, why isn't this working? What the heck's going on? Wow. And it does not work that way. So, yeah, family of origin is so, so important because when we get a good handle on what we perpetuate, good and bad, Mm -hmm. then we can begin to go, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to continue that line. I don't want to continue that legacy. Let me tweak that a little bit and be curious and open, wow. right? Yeah. Like the Orca principle we talked mm-hmm. about. And um, there's this thing called a genogram that we do in with therapy clients, right? And it's basically like a family tree. So you get, you know, aunties, uncles, grandmas, everybody and go down to you, right? And then you go, okay, what kind of personality did they have? Did they have drug or alcohol issues? Did they have good relationships with their parents, their mom or dad, their grandma or grandpa? And in that exercise of doing a genogram, you can really learn 
about your family and how that impacts you. And I'll, wow. I'll give listeners a really good example. So I did a genogram when I was in graduate school, right? Mm-hmm. Both mom and dad. And out of, I believe it was about 25 people, you know, extended family, 25 people. There were, I think, 18 um, alcohol and drug affected people, wow. right? Yeah. So either dealt with substance abuse all their lives, died by alcoholism, mm-hmm. had car crashes, all kinds of stuff. So knowing that information and go, okay, what do I need to look out for? You know, and how am I going to, what am I going to bring to Melanie, to my kids? What do I choose to perpetuate moving forward in a good way? Like hard work, love, all kinds of stuff. And what am I going to not do? Okay. I'm not going to blow up and get angry. Maybe like my dad did or my grandfather did. I'm not going to use alcohol or other substances to cope with all the stuff. I'm going to be willing to, to deal with this stuff and uh, get it front and center kind of thing. Absolutely. That's, that's um, an insight into family origin. That's perfect. Um, I think that's a much needed message today, particularly because I think um, this, the, this generate Gen Z growing up is very single generation minded. Like they only think um, at the very furthest to their grandparents or the very fur- furthest to their parents. And it's almost like they haven't considered that they're, you know, if they, if they choose to get married and have a life partner, they're going to come from somewhere totally different. Um, that's been passed down, you know, through the generations like that. So I love that you guys talk about that and not only define it, but how to work it out, how to be put together and say, okay, I'm going to practice understanding. I'm going to practice, you know, respect, curiosity, accountability. And um, the first one, what was the first one openness about these things so that we can communicate and um just uh, get through this and not just crash and burn so i love that you love that you talk about that um approximately 70 percent of this show's listeners are men we talked about that before we hit the start button um what's one piece of relational counsel that you would give for married and unmarried men um in regards to their their connection with other people Okay, that's a great question and it's something that I really push and espouse for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's absolutely one of the best things that you can do to mm. align yourself with other men in particular, yeah. right? Other men, uh, because the power, the, the, the words that a man can speak into the life of another man are way different than, you know, words spoken from a female or, you know, mothers yeah. or grandmothers or, or, or wives, right? Right. So, and if your listeners haven't read uh, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, I would uh, highly, highly recommend that book. Such a good book. Yeah. Such it's a good amazing. book. I read it four times in like two weeks. I was really? Like, right. Yeah. I, um, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would encourage guys to, okay, look at your friends because you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with the most, right? Yeah. So decide who you want to be in that, you know? If you look around, oh, my buddies from high school who are, you know, whatever, working at the gas station and smoking pot all the time. Mm-hmm. Do I want to do that? Yeah. You know, do I want to do that for the next five years? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then okay, don't change anything. But if the answer is no, go, wait a minute, let me reach out. So join Facebook groups. Join, I recently joined a mastermind, um, which I can tell you more about it uh, later. It is amazing. It is guys who are top notch, who are just excelling in every single field, business wise, family, marriage, everything for the most part. And we're coming together and talking about it and networking and sharing our struggles 
and then lifting each other up in a way that only guys can do with other guys. Right. That's great. Listeners 100% look into uh, the, these types of groups on Facebook or wherever. Um, and if you really want to commit, search out some masterminds, right? I'm, uh, we're talking about uh, doing an anatomy of marriage mastermind, which I haven't kicked off yet, but I'm, I, I, I'm eyeballing it. I've been eyeballing it for about a year. So that's possibly in the works. And then also, if I could tell myself one thing, I'd be like, Seth, get a coach, mm-hmm. not a therapist. Therapy, therapy is great. Remember, I am a therapist, right. but coach. the power of a coach just like, do you, do you play sports or did you play sports? I in- did. Yes, I did in high school. I played basketball. Yeah. And I had a coach too. So you, you know, you, you didn't just have one coach. You had the assistant coach. You had mm-hmm. the, you know, all, yep. all kinds of coaches, right? Yep. And you know the power of a coach. They're going to say, hey, Seth, I see you slacking, man. What's going on? Yep. Let's talk about it. Or, hey, you're killing it, bro. Good job. Let me, yep. let me show you this other workout that you can do or some footwork or handwork or something yep. like that that can even up your game, right? That's what right. a coach coach pushes you encourages you and can see what you can't see right and a coach wow. is willing to go there with you yep. sometimes the therapist isn't because we're a little bit softer and we're kind of like you know um not not softer i mean there's, there's a place for coaching and there's a place for therapy but i really light up when i get to coach uh clients um, yeah. a couple and men and i'm not saying get coaching just because i am a coach right of course, but we have a coach yeah. And it just 10 X everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where was this my entire life? Where was this 10 years ago? They were out there, but I didn't have eyes to see it just yet. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would tell the dudes listening right now. That is absolutely perfect. Oh, something we talk about so much on this show is mentoring. And based on what you just described coaching as it's kind of just different language for the same thing. Um, it's finding somebody who's where you want to be, not asking somebody for directions who hasn't been where you're going, but finding somebody who's where you want to be and that you admire, that you respect, that you believe can pour into you and basically saying, hey, can I have 10 minutes of your time? Hey, can I have a day of the week, you know, where I could just come and pick your brain about this particular issue that's driving me nuts or just anything like that. Um, and that goes back to the power of the, the male voice speaking into a male ear, just that they, they need that. Um, that's so important. Um, and a lot of what I think the, the problem with a lot of the guys today, again, specifically relating to guys, I, I can't really share about the female perspective, but is that we've kind of taken their target away from where it needs to be in a lot of things. And we don't have that, that male voice to remind them of what that target is. So they're going through all this relational, social, emotional, mental dysfunction because they don't have anything to aim at. So they're going to miss. And for me, something that we share a lot about on the show as a believer, I believe that God designed man and woman to be married in a committed relationship, like we talked about earlier, and how God uses the same words to refer to Eve that he used to refer to himself. And how, so basically, a, ma- a man saying, I-, I can go without woman and be just as healthy is like uh, a believer saying, I can go without God and be healthy. Um, it just doesn't make sense. It's counterintuitive. Um, so having that male voice to remind them of that, um, just that, that, that's one of the things that's most impacted my life. I'm so glad you br- brought that up. I've had my mentors on the show and that's one of our most viewed episodes because I, I think people need to see that interaction between um, one generation pouring into another. Yeah. That's so great. Um, and, and that modeling aspect, you know, mm-hmm. again, back to more, more is caught than taught. And I've learned some of the greatest lessons by literally not saying a word for hours, wow. on, you know, just yeah. like, hanging out. This is a funny story. So I got my first job when I was 14 years old. I'm from Mm -hmm. South Carolina, right? 
and it was at a cell, it was at a full service gas station, right? So a car would pull up, I would run out and, you know, ask the lady or whoever, oh, you know, what do you need? And, and fill up their tank or whatever, and then take the money and stuff. And so I learned so much from just being at that gas station. It was in the country, right? Again, I'm, you know, from South Carolina, out in the hills. And just the old, old guys would come in, you know, 60, 70, sometimes 80 years old, just come in, just shoot the breeze and talk about stuff. And I would just listen the whole time mm-hmm. and go, you know, I mean, some of the stuff was pretty, pretty crazy, goofy, you know? <laughs> but you know, I, I, I took little bits of like, Oh, okay. This is, this might be a wise way for me to walk in the world and just being, yeah. being quiet. You know, we have two ears and one mouth, right? Right. Ones, you know, so let's use our ears more. So great. Uh, but just, yeah, li- listening. And that's actually, now I'm thinking of it. That's a good little piece uh, for the husbands out there um, mm. who are in relationships, you know, with their wives. Like, hey, slow down and listen. Slow wow. down and listen. Sometimes your wife doesn't want you to fix things. She just wants you to hear and, you know, be her ear to listen to, right? Absolutely. Um, that's so that, great. That's helped me so much. Just yesterday, uh, my mentor, I was talking with my mentor and he said, it's taken me 26 years to learn that I don't have to fix every problem my wife presents me with. I can just listen just exactly like you said. And it's so great because you just skip so many generations. You're, you're probably, I don't know how old you are, but you've been married 17 years and you just told that to listeners who are 18. And now those, those listeners have the knowledge that you have with 17 years of marriage. And to me, that's so, that's the beauty of mentoring. They don't have to go through that. Sometimes they do. Um, and they learn it the hard way. We call it learning it the hard way, but that's so great that you pointed that out. Um, and one, one problem that the, the, um, that I see in myself particularly, but I believe it's a common problem for men is, um, being, wanting to be hyper-independent and not wanting to be limited by anything. And we see marriage as a limitation. So we try to avoid that. Um, and I don't think that's always a good thing, but I also know that I've heard you guys talk about a different side of it. Um, the codependence I've heard about you talk about, um, being like too hyper-dependent on somebody and how that can also negatively, negatively affect you. Do you see as a counselor, as a professional counselor, do you believe that one of those pops up more? Do you see one of which one of those problems do you see pop up more or are they kind of equal? Do you see people more wanting to be independent or more wanting to basically wrap their identity up in another person? Yeah, that's a great question. I know that you've done your research on this, which, which is awesome. Thank you for, for being respectful in that way. I, I see or have seen codependence as uh, just by, by numbers. I've seen that more times, right? Mm. What is codependence, you know, air quotes, worse than being hyper independent? I would say no. I would say really? they are equally as damaging, mm. equally as damaging because you, you have you have literal two sides of the uh, two different sides of a coin. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if I come into a relationship or someone comes, in, comes into a relationship who is codependent, they are looking to their partner for their worth, their self-esteem, sometimes even what to think mm-hmm. and what to say. Wow. So they are not their own person wow. in, in that way, right? And uh, it, it's there's a, a great book about it. Um, it's a, a who is it? It's uh, based on the idea of uh, it's a therapy called transactional analysis. I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay. But the 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 idea behind that is like, oh wait a minute, I'm not okay. If I think you're not okay, if you're sad, mad, angry, irritable, impatient, then I'm taking that behavior and going, oh something's wrong with me. Right. Wow. So 
codependent person is ultimately held hostage by other people. Wow. Because I'm only okay if Melanie is happy, if Melanie mm. says thank you, if she's satisfied, if she's content, which that's not a great way to live. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, and so the other side of that is this hyper independence. I don't need anybody. I can do this on my own. I'll only call on you when I want something kind of thing mm-hmm. that can be so damaging to the person. And then also to the person that they're in relationship with yeah. and me and struggled with this a little bit because growing up, I was very independent. Like I said, I had my first job when I was 14, wow. you know, weren't even allowed to work then. Yeah. But I was hustling <laughs> and I was, had a job since I've yep. been 14. Right? And very hyper independent, paid my way through school. Wow. All this stuff. Right. And, so what, what can that turn into? Oh, that can turn into like, oh, I have a big ego. I don't need people. I can do all this in my, on my yeah. own. Why can't you do it? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm mm. better than you. So there's a lot of pride in that. And mm. what that didn't give room for is the innate helping ability that Melanie has as a wife. Yeah. And she's told me before, she's like, Seth, you don't need me. You don't need me. And that made her feel like total crap. Because yeah. think of any relationship that you've been in, any, any kind, you know, I mean, work, yeah. school, parents, anything. If if I'm perceiving that the other person is like, well, they can take me or leave me, then what does that do to me? It's not, it doesn't feel very good. Oh, like, devastating. Well, yeah. Why am I even here then kind of thing? And I was unknowingly doing that to Melanie. So I had to do that work. I'm like, hey, Seth, you're built to be in a relationship, man. Mm-hmm. Especially with your wife. Yeah with other dudes right you are built to be in a relationship and you are damaging yourself by continuing this alone so you got to fix that wow that's so that's great that's a journey for a lot of oh yeah oh yeah absolutely um that's that's uh, related to a, so much of what you just said there a lot of my story is that there's that masculine urge to provide pre- protect preside i think was the way that um ryan mickler put it in your last interview on your show um, provide, protect, preside. That's kind of our, our uh, innate purpose, like you said. And when uh, particularly, I'm not slamming feminism or anything like that, but particularly when, um, you know, we feel like we can't help a woman in a relationship, um, that's devastating. It's like our purpose has been removed as a helper. You know, I can no longer provide this. I can no longer meet this need because you don't have one. Exactly like Melanie uh, was talking about with you. I think that can happen with the guys too. That's so great. Um but yeah, I, I, thank you for providing that perspective of codependency, because on this show, we rarely talk about that. We rarely talk about that because just because I, I have no experience with it. So I, I'm, I'm, I have a harder time um, uh, speaking to people who, who do experience it. So yeah. thank you for, for providing that. Um, really book, let me just throw this in there. A really great book is called Codependent No More okay. by author uh, Melanie Beatty, B-E-A-T-T-I-E, Codependent okay. No More. And it just explains codependency and yeah. the struggles. For both uh, people in the relationship, if if someone is trying to work through codependent issues, that's a great, great and helpful read. Awesome, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, any any resources like that? We I just spout so many off on the show because there's just so many good books out there. It's almost like there's more than you could ever read. <laughs> so you can't you could. There's so much good stuff that you'll never be able to read it all. But just reading what you can um, is great. Um, I don't know the exact number of couples that you've coached, but I've listened to. Uh, many of the questions that you guys address through social media, you just take listener questions, anything people ask you just cover. Um, what's a frequently reoccurring problem that um, 
women report experiencing in a marriage and then what's particularly a frequently recurring problem that men experience? Yeah. So that's a great question too. And it's funny, me and Mel were just talking about this yesterday. We get so many emails from the wives about, Hey, my, my husband looks at porn. Mm. I, I caught him or he doesn't think it's a big deal yeah. or whatever. And just the really, really negative effects that that is having on the relationship, right? Absolutely. It, it intimacy. It is, certainly doesn't promote uh, self-esteem for most women and doesn't promote growth for the guys, right? A lot of right. people use, use porn as a coping mechanism. Stuff gets hard. Oh, okay, go to this, right? Yeah. And other addictions and stuff like that. But that's one of the most... One of the main things that we hear yeah. from women and from guys is it's, hey, my wife, you know, isn't attracted to me or just isn't connected mm. to me. What's going on? How can I get her to change? Right. And what yeah. we say to the guys immediately, I'm like, all right, what are you doing? Take your wife out of the picture. I don't even I don't even want to know what's going on with her. Tell yeah. me what you are doing. How are you showing up? How are your habits? How are your patterns? Wow. How do you communicate with her? Do you listen to her? Do you dismiss her feelings? Do you, you know, not make time for her? All these things. And oftentimes, you know, the guys are like, oh, man, I, I didn't even think of that. But when you put it that way, yeah, I, I have been doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, communication is another big one uh, because, you know, I, I have this, this um, I was going to say feeling, but it's not a feeling, but just like a almost a, a rule of thumb. Like I believe that most people are trying to do the best we can yeah. with what we have. Right. Yeah. Just, just straight out. Right. I agree. Unless, yeah. Somebody, unless there's like real, real, real chronic mental health issues going right. on. And they're kind of like not there. Right. Yeah. And so um, I'm like, okay, most guys are writing into the show saying, I don't know what's going on. I'm really trying to do the right thing. Right. Mm -hmm they haven't examined is what they're bringing to it family of origin mm. communication patterns all this stuff yeah. and so when we get to the thing below the thing below the thing it's always like man i just want to do right i just want my wife yeah. to be happy i want her to be happy with me i want to be happy we're like okay let's have that as our starting point and then examine everything else that is getting in the way and then reverse engineer that mm. right how do you yeah. want to be communicated to you know how do you want to be um, spoken to? If you say I, she never respects me, are you doing things that are respectable? Yeah. Are you showing her respect in your wow. word, showing her love, kind of thing. And, yeah. and that goes both ways, you know. Um, right. Sometimes right. the women are, are uh, writing in the same way. I'm like, okay, lady, uh, let's let's look at you. What, yeah. what are you doing there? You know. Yeah. So usually, in most cases, it's always a focus back on the individual. So we figure that out and then go, okay, now let's see how. Um, uh, once we'd uncovered some certain things, now let's bring that to the relationship and see how that pairs. If, if that makes sense, that makes total sense. Um, I'd I'd love to just really quickly cover, but what both of those, um, both of those a little bit and more in depth. The the one where you talked about the orca, the openness, the respect, communication, and I think accountability. When you said those four, I immediately thought that women do kind of all all four of those better, except for maybe respect. Um, yeah. I think guys speak the language of respect. They they show respect. I mean, when they're behaving correctly, they show respect um, and they understand that. But then the openness, the curiosity, how was your day? The, you know, accountability. Uh, this is what I'm struggling with, honey. You know, that kind of thing. Um, 
for me, that would be harder. But um, what are some ways that you that guys could maybe um, just flip that not flip the switch, but grow in that more? Well, uh, it, it would go back to, I guess, the middle the middle acronym of the pigs, the intentionality, I guess. But how what's what's one thing you would give to spur guys towards being more intentional to practice the orca? If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm going to maybe go with the, uh, you said, what, what's one thing that guys. Yes. It's, this is the guy's perspective. So what's, what's one thing that maybe a practical step that they could take that you would suggest to them so that they can be, that they can communicate better with their wife. They can be more curious. They can be more accountable. What's those are different issues, I guess, but what's one thing that they can do to take the first step practically. Okay. This, this kind of goes back to what your mentor was saying mm-hmm. and we do this with couples all the time. And of course mm-hmm. we talked about it on the show as well. And when, so this is speaking to just straight to the dudes. Yep. So just the dudes. when your lady comes to you with a question or even she's just venting or a problem or anything like that, I want the first thought in the guy's mind to be like, okay, I'm not responsible for this. Mm-hmm. This isn't like some, you know, burning building thing that immediately I have to fix. So I want the guys to stop for a minute and go, hmm, hey, honey, is this something that you just want to vent and talk about or do you need my help on this? Wow. Okay. And it does it does a couple things. Number one, you'll probably surprise the heck out of your wife. Like, <laughs> Who are you and what did you do with my husband kind of thing? Absolutely. And then the other thing is when I've been able to implement that with Melanie, I show up differently because if I know – if there's no question in my mind, it's like this, like we like directions. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. yep. where do I need to go? What time? Let me, let me get there. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I know where this is going and what she needs, then it, it, it is, it's such, it's actually, it's a gift that you can give to yourself. Right. Cause wow. hey, you know, Melanie says, Hey Seth, I need to talk to you about something or like, Hey, you know, my mom is so X, Y, Z, or, you know, the kids have been crazy. I say, Hey, is this something you want to vent about? Or uh, do you need my help on it? You yeah. know, thanks for asking this. I just got to decompress here. That's I'm like, great. Let's decompress away because I have no pressure to fix it or solve it or mm-hmm. make it right. But then on the flip side of that, if she says, uh, thank you for asking that. I really need to problem solve here. Yeah. And come with a solution. Then I put like a different hat on. I'm like, all right, let's go. Have we tried this? Have you talked to this person? Yeah. What are we going to do here? What's the plan for it? So it, it, it really takes the whole conversation in a different way. Because yeah. oftentimes couples get in trouble to where like, oh, she's just always nagging or complaining or he never listens and he's always trying to just fix. And I don't even know if he knows him anymore kind of thing. I'm mm. like, guys, stop and ask that question. And then you have direction. Okay, we're just venting here. We're just processing, you know, chilling out on the couch, eating, you know, Doritos, having a conversation or we're in problem solve mode. Yeah. That's great. That's perfect. That's so good. It's it, it, you made it so simple that, that it's just either which hat are you using and figuring out what kind of situ- situation you're in in order to figure out how to solve it. I love that. Um, and for the other question for the, for, for the women's problem, I'll address it from the men perspective. What advice would you give men who are struggling with a porn addiction? A lot of times on this show, we talk about um, programs like triple uh, X church or covet covenant eyes where you download the software onto your computer and then they essentially give you accountability partners. They use your screen to, they send your pictures of your screen to your accountability partners and that helps you keep open communication and just work through it. But are there any like uh, practical tips that you would give guys who are struggling with that and who want to be better, you know, for their spouse, but 
that for whatever reason they find themselves in that in that cycle that yeah i i would say you definitely have to talk about it just mm. bring it out in the open now are you going to talk about it with your wife like hey honey i was thinking about this today and i looked at this no don't do that right mm. i'm not saying hide it from your wife i'm saying hey talk to other men about mm. this thing men wow. that can help you because you really want to dump all that on your partner it's going to make her feel like crap it's going to break all kinds of trust and mm. then she's going to resent you for it right so again i'm not saying yeah hide it from her I am saying it is just not a wise thing to be like, Hey honey, I'm struggling today. Hey honey, I'm struggling today. What you told me this four hours ago, what's the deal? You know? And then you're putting all that pressure on her. It is your job to go out, hook up with other men. If you need, if you need therapy, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of this is, has to do with coping mechanisms and stress and all this stuff. And sometimes there is a thing below the thing, below the thing. And I'm not even starting to get, you know, into like possible abuse patterns or anything like that. Um, like from childhood abuse or anything like that. Um, but usually it is something, uh, I'm not saying that everybody that looks at porn has like some, you know, crazy childhood issue. Right. Right. Sometimes it is that that can be really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And then we start in this shame cycle. So I would tell the dudes, Hey, put some light on this, you know, do the triple X church thing, get and you know, multiple accountability partners. Mm, yep. There's, there's a, uh, I think the website is a fight the new Yep. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. They're very informative. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much research on the, the literal negative effects. Yeah. Porn industry has from sex trafficking to like, Oh yeah. The, um, erectile dysfunction. I mean, yeah. ED, all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff. Right. Oh yeah. And that's kind of a faith-based thing. It's like, Hey, this is all science. This isn't good for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what I tell the dudes. Uh, talk to other men about it. Don't put it all on your wife to fix, you know, cause you're just going to stress her out more and uh, cause more of a rift there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, we talk a lot about those things that you just mentioned too. Um, that the fight, the new drug breaks it down into three steps. Uh, it affects the world negatively. It affects your heart negatively and it affects your head. I think was the other one, your brain. And yeah. um, I love it because that, that actually informs you to the point where you can make an, a decision where you now know what you're consuming is harmful. Because I feel like a lot of guys are in the dark or they're, they're intentionally in the dark. And that take that removes the curtain. So um, I, thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, Seth, it's been an honor to have you today. Um, what's, what's one thought that you would leave with the listeners that um, particularly men, but just any listener? Yeah, man. <laughs> That's, that's a great question. And I love it. But my, my mind goes a million different directions. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I understand. That's, a, that's a hard one. What's what no. it doesn't have to be a profound one. Just what's a, no, no that's good. I, okay. I, I love it. it really makes me go, okay. You know, laser focus, like let's, let's do this kind of thing. Okay. I would, I would want to encourage men and women, but for mostly guys here, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, dudes, get real with yourself. You actually have the capability to do anything that you want to Mm. anything that you want to. And I want to encourage the guys to be courageous enough, to be bold enough to go into those places that make you uncomfortable, you know, blow up those upper limit beliefs that you may have. Well, I'm from, I'm from here, so I can't do this. Or my dad was this. So why not me? My coach told me one profound thing that is it's like, it was worth, you know, our huge five figure investment that we made with him. He said, Seth, if you don't do this, and we're talking about building a coaching practice and podcasting and stuff and everything else, everything that we have now, he said, Seth, if you don't do this, 
somebody else just like you will do it. Mm. So yeah. it made me think, well, what is the difference between me and them? Oh, there's actually nothing except starting. Choice. Yeah. Wow. Choice and going for it. So I would encourage all of your listeners. There is literally nothing that you can't do as long as you put your mind to it and you are resolute to mm. do it. Right. Whatever that is, you want to be the best guitar player. You want to be the best podcaster, anything, or just dad or husband. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Right. Your past does not determine your future. Right. Will, unless it's not examined. Yeah. Right. But if you're willing to do that work, willing to dive in and go and do the work to get a therapist, to get a coach, to get accountability partners, to be in a mastermind, then guess what? You can have that if you're willing to work for it. Mm. Yeah. Point blank. I love it. That's so simple and so, so powerful. Um, and uh, one of the counselors that I listen to a lot talks about powerful people. And a lot of people think that they're powerless today. They think that other people make them angry or make them miserable or make them uh, remove their chances, of their opportunities for success. But no, that's actually in your realm. You, nobody has a remote control that affects you. You have control over you. You're the authority over you. Love that. And you can decide when to start and just make the choice to do it. I right. love that. One of the sayings, because I have about a billion different like quotes and quips and stuff. And one of the sayings, you probably heard it, but you know, when is the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago? Mm. When's the best time? Right now. Wow. Right? So, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Like, well, I can't go back in, in time and plant a tree. What, but, what can I do? Yeah. Right now. Right now. Love it. Right. Right. That's so good. That's so good. Um, for those of you listeners, um, who would are interested in the work that the Studleys are doing through Anatomy of Marriage, Anatomy of Family, Anatomy of Sex, and their uh, their conferences, their app, their counseling, their coaching. They have so much available. We're going to put links to all that they do in the show notes, their website, their, their Instagram handles. We're just going to put all kinds of ways you can get in touch with them. Also, remember, for those of you who have not purchased my books yet, you can do that through Amazon. They're called Deep in the Dance of Dependence, Prioritizing Relationship Amidst Gen Z Individualism and The Ponderings of a Homeschooler. They're both available there. You can get those. Also, remember to rate and review the show. The more people that see those ratings and review, the more people that find the show. So the, the more ratings and reviews we get, the higher our podcast listens go. And remember that you can now follow the show on Instagram as well. Um, we post regularly. Um, quotes relating to marriage and family and relationship. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Seth, it's an honor to have you here. Um, as I said before, I'm a big fan. Thank you so much for taking the time to step down to a little guy and have this conversation. And it's it's been an honor. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. You did your research. This was fun, man. Let's let's do it again whenever. And absolutely. Um, yeah. Glad to be glad to be part of the show, man. Can't wait to have you back. <laughs>